The Diplomacy Dojo is a weekly discussion led by your board brother about diplomacy tactics and strategies. Let's listen in on what our players are discussing this week. I guess one other topic I was interested in is um, your idea of a, a Germany-Russian alliance. So some players have told me they think Russia is Germany's most natural ally, and they they feel like that's not really a good option, but you, you think it is. To make sure I understood, this topic may be the Germany-Russia alliance generally, and that you remember my saying that I have an opinion that this alliance is good for Germany, and you may have heard other players saying that they don't think so. Yeah. I guess one thing is that if Russia gets in Scandinavia, it kind of puts them in a position to attack you maybe later. I'm not sure, though. But I mean, you know, like they can get a fleet into the Baltic Sea, for example. But what are your thoughts on it? I think you mentioned in several games, well, you you didn't solo, but you almost soloed, even though you allied with Russia. Yes, that um, my opinion about the Germany-Russia alliance has evolved over the years. When I first started playing diplomacy, I was really beholden to advice that came from old zines and even actual magazines from years past because there wasn't, I mean, people are out there, they write stuff, but it mostly gets lost to time. This is part of the reason why I got motivated to publish stuff on my blog and publish it for other people. I'm digressing. Um, I was heavily influenced by this belief that Russia is really strong. And I understand why that metagame idea would have existed or why it would exist in some metagames. But I got schooled in the hard knocks of gunboat diplomacy for a long time. I I played gunboat diplomacy a lot, where I played maybe five to ten matches simultaneously for several years and got very, very good at gunboat diplomacy. I consider myself to be one of the best players at gunboat diplomacy in the world. And in gunboat diplomacy, the metagame is extremely unfavorable to Russia for various reasons that I've written about on my blog before. And this caused me to realize that what makes Russia powerful is nothing tactical, not really. What makes Russia powerful in regular diplomacy, press diplomacy, you know, the one where we talk to each other, is that Russia has this spread out position that lets Russia have influence everywhere. Right from the start of the game, Russia can influence almost everybody to a degree. And this is really powerful from a press perspective and why Russia, it would be considered such a formidable power, why we would see so many strong results from Russia historically in press games. And why for the same reason, Russia is miserably weak in gunboat diplomacy is that spread out position means Russia can't really concentrate power and force anything to happen, which is in gunboat diplomacy is really important. So having learned in gunboat diplomacy just how weak Russia is, that caused me to start thinking differently about how to play Germany. And I I think when I was a novice, I it seemed obvious to me that, hey, you know what, Germany's best ally is France because you just both, both haul off and crush England. Uh, a lot of players, a lot of beginners think like this. I have come to think that that's not very wise because France being a corner power is tactically stronger than Germany. And so even if France and Germany walk away with an equal number of centers from their alliance, 
France has a starting corner, and if France destroys England, gets a second corner. And in my opinion, those corners are worth something like two supply centers. That's a metaphor, right? I'm speaking metaphorically, uh, because that's just a whole side of the board that doesn't have to be defended. And this makes, uh, this generates a lot of power. So if France has destroyed England and has, let's say, eight supply centers, and Germany has helped and has eight supply centers, I think France is like 50% stronger than Germany in this situation, has a power as though France has 12 supply centers and, and Germany only has eight. And so this made me realize, uh, that's not really like a, a great game plan for Germany because you've destroyed England only to replace England with a, with a puppet England controlled by France. And now you're in, in mid game or end game, you're, you're facing down a functional England France alliance as France has completely supplanted England. If your goal is to take down England quickly, then as Germany, you probably need to be smashing France around the time that England is going down, either taking some of those English centers for yourself and backstabbing France or invading France proper around the time England is is biting the dust. And strategically, for this to be possible, you pretty much need to be allied to Russia. And if if you take the time to destroy Russia early while France can consolidate the gains from England going down, then probably France is the one who walks away the stronger power. I'm not saying it's a guaranteed thing. But so then if logically an alliance with France is really maybe requires alliance with Russia, that makes me start thinking about the alliance with Russia differently. Then I went through this phase where I thought that Germany's best ally is England uh, instead of France. And there's various reasons for that, reasons why I think that. And it's a decent alliance. I definitely think it's a little bit better Like all things equal, I'd rather ally England than France, all things being equal, as Germany, for lots of reasons. However, my third uh, stage of evolution has been to think of Russia as the best ally. And the reason is precisely because of Russia's tactical weakness, which is that both France and England are very difficult for Germany to backstab late in the game. If Germany backstabs them early in the game, then they, they might be destroyed, but Germany hasn't crossed any stalemate line at that point. And that's not so great. So if Germany waits until late in the game to backstab an ally like England or France after Germany's crossed the stalemate line, those other two powers are probably too strong to be successfully backstabbed. That, that, or that's often a situation. Whereas when Germany is allied to Russia, Germany can backstab Russia at almost any point in the game and have a reasonable shot of not just inflicting damage on Russia, but completely conquering all of northern Russia for sure, and probably Warsaw and Moscow. That's that's realistic. As I evolved towards a strategy of playing to win, to get solo wins, I've come to appreciate that ah, Russia can reach seven, eight, nine supply centers all over in all kinds of different places in the map. And then if I'm smart, I'll be able to wipe out Russia tactically later on to try to get the win. And this strategy has been incredibly successful for me in tournament games and other high-level games where I definitely am able to solo when it comes down to a few guesses or some last-minute things. But it is a strategy that, that can win, and I've been able to do that pretty reliably. So those experiences have caused me to now think, as Germany, mm, 
maybe my A plan is to ally with Russia. And if I can make that happen, that sounds awesome. Like all things being equal, allying with Russia is probably my preference. England, second most, and then uh, France, third most. Hmm. One thing I'm wondering about, though, I mean, I imagine Russia's easier to stab than England, but I've seen games where Germany was able to stab England alone without any help from Russia. I mean, do you think Russia can do anything to help Germany attack England? Yes, that's usually a way to keep the alliance with Russia going, is to offer Russia something like Edinburgh, offer offer Russia centers in Great Britain. That's something that Russia may really need to be successful. That's very tempting if these offers are credible. And it draws Russia's fleets way out into the north and away from places like Baltic Sea where Russia could stab you. So if Russia's got a position like Army Sweden, Fleet Norway, Fleet Norwegian Sea, that's a position from which Russia cannot really stab you that easily or would take some some time to do so, but from which Russia could invade England uh, pretty credibly, especially with your help. I think that comes down to early on making sure that it's possible for Russia to continue to expand in the north. This means that Russia needs to have St. Petersburg open for building a fleet at some point, you know, maybe two, maybe even a third fleet. Might, 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 might sound kind of scary, but if Russia has another fleet in the north, that means Russia could imagine, hey, I could conquer centers in Great Britain and actually defend them, so that seems reasonable. Whereas if Russia is so army-heavy, either in the north or like in the center of the board, even if Russia wants to be your friend and wants to work with you, Russia might be thinking, gosh, even if I get Edinburgh, I'll never defend it. I, I just have to go from Munich and Berlin or, or something like that. So you don't want that situation to exist. It needs to seem possible for Russia to continue expanding in the north. And again, offering centers to Russia like Sweden, Norway, Edinburgh, who cares? None of those are near any relevant stalemate line. They're of minimal value to Germany and you can come back and get them late in the game. The centers that Germany really covets to be able to win are centers like Portugal and Spain that are very difficult for Germany to conquer during the end of the game. Like you're not getting them. If those, if your last two centers that you're going for are Portugal and Spain, reasonably good players will stop you. They, they should easily be able to stop you from taking centers like that by force. But if you are expanding into Portugal and Spain and saying, hey, Russia, maybe you should have, you know, Liverpool or something. Okay, yeah. And keep that going. You can get that alliance going pretty far before you have to backstab it. And although Warsaw and Moscow are defensible from the south, if Russia has extended somewhere into the south to try to expand, or if Russia is under attack, then Warsaw and Moscow might be centers Germany can get in a surprise attack because Germany can build in Munich and Berlin and show up in force uh, pretty pretty suddenly, as it were. One question I have, though, is um, because the thing is, if Germany wants to take down France, they're probably going to need help from, I mean, I guess maybe help from Italy, but likely help from England as well. At least one or the other, usually. Yeah, so I think, I mean, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't think this way, but sometimes, like, if England opens to the channel to attack France and then Germany lets, you know, Russia into Sweden, I mean, England might feel like Germany screwed them. Are, are we are we talking about, like, a, a gunboat game, maybe? I mean, maybe a gunboat game or a press game. Okay. So, I mean, if, you, if you're Germany and, and you bargained to, let, to get England to move into English Channel and said, hey, England, if you move into English Channel, I'll bounce Russia out of Sweden, and then you don't uphold that bargain, then yeah, that's, that's, um, 
that's some really unnecessary lying for 1901. Okay. What about what about Gunboat then, though? England's probably hoping that you'll bounce Russia from Sweden, but I mean, you know, it's Gunboat, you know, what, what promises. Okay. But if you don't, I mean, will they stop being interested in working with you in Gunboat or? I mean, it just depends on the player and, the, and what their perspective is. At that point, um, England's not certainly not going to be able to attack you all that much in most situations. I, I think it worth, it's worth bearing in mind that um, England and Germany, even though they are in the same sphere of the board, are actually quite distant from each other, and their home centers are three moves away. To move from Kiel to London takes three moves, or from Edinburgh to Kiel. Like Germany and Russia, Germany and Austria, Germany and Italy, Germany, France, everybody's closer to Germany uh, than England. That I think has a pretty significant impact on the players where like they can kind of skirmish over the neutral centers, the peripheral neutral centers, like in Scandinavia or the low countries, but to like actually outright attack one another early on is pretty difficult, especially in gunboat diplomacy where there's no guarantee if you're England, oh, if I'll just, I'll just funnel in against Germany. No way. You know, that, that's, that's not going to succeed. Russia's going to go into Scandinavia or France is going to attack you or something like that. So where I'm going with this is that if England opens the English Channel in gunboat diplomacy and nevertheless Germany lets Russia into Sweden, what's England going to do about it? I mean, they, they can't. You're going to throw the game because the opening move didn't go your way? I doubt it. You're just going to have to continue on and see what you do next. If England realizes that you're allied with Russia, though, will they feel uncomfortable about, well, I don't know, maybe not. I mean, they'd probably like for France to be destroyed anyway. That's the thing. In, in press diplomacy, if you're England and you sense a Germany-Russia alliance, you have a pretty straightforward uh, strategic response, which is to get France as your ally. If you can get France as your ally, an England-France alliance is probably sufficiently strong to counterbalance a Germany-Russia alliance. If France is allied to Germany and Russia in this scenario, then you're probably toast. <laughs> All your neighbors are allied against you. But in gunboat diplomacy, your options are a little more limited because you can't use politicking to recruit France as your ally. If you, England, throw everything against walling off Germany and Russia, then France may very well say, this is a great opportunity for me. I'm just going to backdoor England right here and start attacking and can maybe reasonably infer that the alliance between Germany and Russia forged in gunboat diplomacy is probably not particularly strong. Gunboat alliances infamously not that strong in terms of the loyalty. Uh, you could be in trouble, yeah, if Germany and Russia are working together. It might be strategically smarter to prioritize defending yourself from France in this scenario and hope that like Germany and Russia just don't figure out how to coordinate their orders. They screw up their support orders or something and don't knock you out of North Sea and wait for one of them to get attacked by Austria or something. I mean, I guess one of my questions is, so for example, if, if you're Germany and you want to ally with Russia, I mean, how do you take down France? There are many ways. One is you can make a surprise attack on France. So let's say that you agree to a Burgundy demilitarized zone, and then you immediately violate it and move into Burgundy and get into Burgundy successfully. Now you have this really advantageous position that's going to be hard for France to dig you out of. Uh, you know, you, you could you could have retreat options. You can move into Gascony, maybe. A lot of stuff can happen. I guess I should speak about this generally. When you're allied to Russia, you can also be allied to France and just have the intention of betraying France as soon as you can. 
maybe immediately, but certainly some early point, and get France to overextend against Italy or England and then attack. That is a way for Germany to bring down France without getting help from other powers, is to get France to have their guard lowered with a, what I call a Trojan horse alliance. A Trojan horse alliance being an alliance that exists in order that you've created in order to actually attack somebody, the, the, your purported ally. I would say that um, a Trojan horse alliance is probably the strongest way to take down any neighbor without help from somebody else. The, if France has actually attacked England and or Italy, England and Italy may be very happy that you bailed them out <laughs> when, you're, when your backstab comes. The other thing is that you probably do need some help from somebody to really like dig France out unless um, uh, you, if you can persist in this alliance for a really long time. Let, let's say you're playing with you're playing the Germany-Russia alliance. You trick England and, and France into fighting. England's probably going to go down first because Russia can help you do that. And then you're going to have to play a long grind against France. We're like, hmm, how am I ever going to get a fleet into mid-Atlantic Ocean? Got to like play real smart with your fleet moves and eventually circumnavigate France. That's, that's very time consuming and a big effort in outplaying France. However, I think it's worth it. I think it's a strategic mistake to turn around and attack Russia because France is strong and Russia is weak. This is the main strategic error that I guess I talk about players all the time in gunboat diplomacy is Russia's weakness and the ease with which Germany can attack Russia is exactly why Russia should not be attacking Russia should not be your number one priority. In endgame, you would rather be fighting Russia as Germany than fighting France. If France is your last target, the chances of you getting stopped and forced into a draw are a lot higher than if Russia is your last target. So even though it's really difficult, yep, it's going to be a pain in the butt to get those fleets around into mid-Atlantic Ocea to try to fight for Iberia or whatever. It's going to be slow and difficult. But it's not going to be any faster if Russia is destroyed. How does that speed up your ability to take Iberia? Does that make sense? Yeah. I kind of wonder, though, if destroying England while allied with France and Russia seems dangerous. I mean, I mean, I think being allied with both Russia and France seems dangerous. It is. It is. And that's probably why you also want to have secret alliances with Austria and Italy. <laughs> if to play Germany, in my personal opinion, at the highest level, you got to play it, play Germany like, uh, you know, the famous Otto von Bismarck of legend, which is to have an alliance with all your neighbors simultaneously, each promising to help you promise each neighbor you're going to help them against the other when the time comes and then just sort of see how the situation plays out and pick your true ally based on that. So in, in this strategy for playing Germany, you got to have a lot of conversation with all the other powers. Turkey maybe is the one you can prioritize the least. It, it certainly can't hurt to have a good relationship with Turkey. But if you're all the time talking to Italy, all the time talking to Austria, all the time talking to Russia, all the time talking to England, all the time talking to France or whatever, whichever you know combination and start picking out players one by one based on what seems expeditious at the moment, then that maximizes your chances of being able to accrete power without having to, like, how can I say this? I'll try this another way. If you tell, if you if you have an alliance with France and Russia against England, but you have an alliance with Italy against France at the same time, then you can decide to either continue on and work with France against Italy, in which case France, aha, yes, Germany is my, my true ally, or you can work with Italy against France. Ah, yes, just as Germany was promising, Germany betrayed France. 
there's pretty much nothing that the other one will hear that um, is inconsistent with the story you're telling them. Like, hey, Frank, you know, I'm I'm pretending to be Italy's ally, but it's not true. Hey, Italy, I'm pretending to be France's ally, but it's not true. It's just for the <laughs> nobody knows for sure what your intentions are. But they maybe they want to err on the side of mm, seems like there's something to be gained in working with Germany. I don't completely trust this person, but they're very reasonable and they certainly aren't attacking me. So I'm going to go with them. You know, I'm going to continue working with them for now. Get them to think something like that. Have you ever soloed a game as Germany while allied with Russia? You know, I'm I probably have somewhere in there because I've played a lot of games of diplomacy. But I can't recall like a famous match or something off the top of my head. All my, uh, all, all, almost all my big time games of diplomacy in tournaments or that I had a lot of eyes on them ended in a draw, regardless of what power I or anyone else was. I mean, do you think you have more solos when you allied with England than Russia, though? I would have to look it up. I honestly, it would, it would take some data compilation. I'm not sure. I guess I'm just wondering because the thing is, it just seems. Like, for example, I, I think destroying England while France is still, you know, alive and reasonably strong sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, I, I, uh, I understand what you're saying. And uh, that is a reasonable fear that without England to counterbalance France, you could just end up turbocharging France, who is naturally significantly more offensively stronger or just or tactically stronger in general than Germany in practice. What you're going to try to do if you're allied with Russia is simultaneously attack France and England. You just can't let them figure out, England and France figure out that that's what you're trying to do until it's too late. I also think in the media wars game, I think you sort of had this idea where, you know, you were thinking maybe England and Russia could just get along in Scandinavia while, you know, England and you went after France. But, but then, you know, Russia got nerves and stabbed you. Yes, that was uh, disappointing for me at the time. I both England and Russia were telling me that they were that they liked the moves. I, w- I was being honest with them as to what my intentions were and what my moves were, and they said that they liked it. And then it turned out Russia said that uh, that he didn't. I mean, that's the, that's 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 tough. That's one of those things that's a really really tough situation in diplomacy or a social situation in general. Where um, the other person you're talking to is so concerned that if they tell you the truth, you'll have a bad reaction, that there's basically nothing you can do (laughs) to get them to be honest with you. (laughs) So uh, I was trying really hard. I I wouldn't have helped England so much if I thought that Russia wasn't going to be cool with it because I didn't want exactly what happened to happen. I could have learned a little bit more about that. How could I have reassured Russia better? I'm not sure. But that was what I was hoping, was that um, I would just have a a boring situation in Scandinavia, nothing really happening, and England and I go and pick apart France, get France eliminated, and then decide later whether I want to work with England against Russia or Russia against England. That was my plan at the time. Did not work out that way. Yeah, I mean, I think that was a good plan, but, you know, Russia got concerned. <laughs> uh, Austria and Russia hauled off and attacked me in 1902, uh, which is pretty unusual in my experience <laughs> for Germany yeah. to be attacked by Austria in 1902. And then England betrayed me because I probably looked, you know, I probably England smelled blood. I mean, you can look at their their the content that these players produced. They, they explained what they were thinking. 
So I, I ended up improvising a very different strategy than what I had originally hoped for. Is that the same game where you almost soloed? Yes. Yes, it is. Hmm. Interesting. So even with that troubling start, you were able to get big letter. That's correct. I, I thought a couple turns in that I thought I was a goner because I was, I was getting attacked by England, Russia, and Austria. France and Italy were kind of entangled. They didn't really have an incentive to help me. It looked pretty dire. I thought maybe it was going to be a short game for me. But I kept thinking of little ways that somebody benefited from keeping me alive one more turn or helping me get a center or whatever. And so um, what I did is I built up an alliance with France, France who really wanted to work with me, uh, I think very sincerely. I built up my alliance with France. It was close. England was almost strong enough where it was going to be impossible to roll England back. But by playing very well and coordinated, France, Germany, and Russia pushed back England. And then I had a pretty decent France, Germany, Russia alliance going on and uh, ended up conquering England, betraying France. And uh, in the end game, I had stabbed Russia to go for the win. Yeah, in Media Wars, I was even in Tunis, actually. So I was really close to being able to win. Wait, you had Tunis? Yeah. Well, that's crazy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, was, it was a really close run thing. What I had to do to reach that position was even after I stabbed Russia, I ignored Russia for the most part and like bypassed Russia as much as possible to try to get, in, to get forces into position that could actually stalemate Tunis which ended up being a problem later on as I did not have sufficient units to actually finish Russia off. That's how the game ended in a draw. So do you think if you hadn't obsessed over keeping Tunis, you could have soloed? Maybe if you just went after Russia instead? No, because that would never have crossed the stalemate line. I would have only gotten to 17. In that game, Austria was very strong and would have been able to bulwark Warsaw and Moscow. Oh, I see. Yeah. I mean, okay, I, I think Moscow and Warsaw are kind of past the stalemate line, though. They're in the east, but right? Yes, but I, what I'm saying is that the stalemate line centers, the across the stalemate line centers that Germany can get include Tunis, Venice, Vienna, Warsaw, or Moscow. And out of all of those, Tunis was by far the easiest one for me to go for. I see. So which centers were you missing? You couldn't take Warsaw or Moscow or, or any of the Austrian centers? So Russia had, like, it still had St. Petersburg and some presence in the north. And a, and, a, and a raider fleet that I couldn't surround and get rid of. So I didn't have enough quantity of units to be able to simultaneously stalemate Tunis and mop up the rest of the northern centers. The whole game, in my opinion, came down to Italy, who was down to one unit. And if Italy, who was played by uh, Greg on our server, by the way, it, if Italy helped me and I needed just one more turn or one more year, basically, to be able to set up my position, get the builds that I needed to fight Russia. But instead, Italy helped the defenders, which cost me Tunis. And so then I'm like, all right, if I can't have Tunis, then this is a waste of time. I agreed to go draw. Oh, so was Italy included in the draw? Yes. I see. So I guess that was smart of them. Yes. <laughs> I, I understand those negotiations to have been very difficult, and I'm impressed that they pulled it off. I was pretty sure that Italy was going to throw me the game. I, I, that is what I believed was going to happen. Okay, we've come to the end of the scheduled time here. Okay, sounds great. All right, see you around, honey. Thanks for coming to the dojo. 
This episode was made possible by the generous support of people like you. For more information, visit patreon.com slash brotherboard. You can learn more from your board brother at brotherboard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe, share, and review. Thanks to Loyalty Freak Music for the theme music, It Feels Good to Be Alive too.